Welcome to the Biz Power Hour podcast, where we discuss all things related to your business in sales, marketing, software, and strategy, bringing you the industry-leading experts with uncut and unedited advice, opinions, and actionable takeaways. Sit back and relax. This is the Biz Power Hour, and it begins now. Hello, this is Daniel Bustis with another episode of the Biz Power Hour. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the importance of personal branding and why you as a CEO should really consider this if you haven't already done so. And our special guest is an expert, if not the leading guru, I'd like to say, in my own sphere of influence that I know um, in regards to this space. Her name's Krista Clive Smith. She's the CEO and founder of KPS Families Companies. And Krista, for the people that are going to be listening in, can you give them a short background of who you are? And then uh, let's, let's start to talk about why personal branding is becoming increasingly important. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It is a true honor, privilege, and pleasure to be here. And my interest in personal branding as an alternative business model truthfully came from the challenges that I faced in my own life as a serial social entrepreneur. I could not figure out, I couldn't find a business model that existed on the planet that helped to actually make sense of what I was trying to do. So rather than, you know, after probably a good solid five, six, seven, eight years of looking under every rock, talking to every person I could, I just finally made my own. So uh, I think utilizing the framework to explain what I do probably makes the most sense. So we work a lot, especially in the publishing space with CEOs of different companies. And when they come to us, They've usually spent most of their life promoting the company brand. So if you think of an organizational chart, a traditional org chart in a business, you've got the brand at the top and you've got the people at the bottom. And what ends up happening is the senior leadership team spend their whole entire lives promoting the brand only to be ousted, retire, decide they want to have a new game, they get acquired, whatever it is, there's a defining moment where now that corporate brand has gone away and they find themselves in a position where they have to reinvent. And so my model actually flips that and it puts the person at the top, then below it, they would have their brick and mortar business. And then we start looking for ways to monetize and leverage their expertise so that they're now enhancing and putting the equity in their personal brand. So then if that company goes away, they have an entire empire that remains intact. So hopefully that kind of makes sense. Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. And I know when you and I had first met and you started to talk about this, I, I, I knew how brilliant it was. And it's kind of, you know, when you're building a business, you're always told from the beginning, you know, hey, get your name out of it, you know, move move away from the company so it's the brand, it's, you know, your clients or customers are going to the, the company rather than always going to you. So you are not the employee of the company, you're actually the visionary that's driving the direction. And then your company grows and then all of a sudden you get to a stage in your life that you, you previously talked about where either you're going to be acquired, you're going to retire, you're going to pass over the reins, whatever that circumstance may be. 
and then you've spent and invested so much time and resources to build the brand that you're going to be walking away and you're really going to be left with nothing. So how can you monetize all the value, reputation, and knowledge that you have? So I think this is, I think this is a really powerful episode for anyone who's listening, who's in a C-level position, to start thinking about how they should protect their future and protect and start to build their own brand. Well, and the nice thing is you don't almost have to sacrifice one for the other. Like if we take my life, for example, with I've got the kind of quote unquote brick and mortar businesses. So Merak Publishing is our adult nonfiction boutique publishing agency. We've got Clutch Personal Branding, which helps people actually physically build their personal brands in terms of all of the visual touch points and really defining what the brand stands for in its essence. We've got Little Authors Academy, which is a program, an empowerment program for kids that's disguised as a writing program. So when they come out of the program, they've written a book, which they can then move into having professionally published. So when they're a little kid, they can actually become a true professional, like published author. And then knowing each one of those verticals, if I then were to try to sell that, because I, as Krista Clive Smith at the top, I also wrote a book on personal branding. So if I'm on this podcast and everyone's saying, Krista Clive Smith, founder of the KCS family of companies, home of Clutch Personal Branding, Merrick Publishing, Little Authors Academy, and my nonprofit, Unknown Voices. Now, all of a sudden, when the expertise that I'm sharing on this call with you shines through, people say, oh, well, I want to get my personal brand built. So they're going to go to clutch. But it's because of the expertise that I, as a personal brand, have lent to the company, if that makes sense. And so, Daniel, what I love about what you're doing is you're running the same model. Daniel's at the top, built by love. you doing this podcast and adding all kinds of value in helping people understand marketing and the marketing ramp and all that you stand for that's adding immense value to your brick and mortar company while still leveraging and building your own personal brand at the same time so you don't have to choose one or the other absolutely and i would imagine too that if you know if there's a very large corporation you know say a publicly trading company and there's someone at the C-suite that's maybe the CEO or maybe not, if they're looking for, you know, aspirational things where they want to move up the ladder, maybe it's not even in that organization or something else, this would apply to them as well, right? Like, because they might want to get speaker engagements, they want, they may want to, you know, author a book, there may be other things that they want to do that are in line still with what their current profession is. Would, would that apply? Absolutely. So let me give you a client example that was a huge victory very recently for us. Uh, and she is such a powerhouse and she is so amazing that I want to give her every ounce of business and cred, you know, by using her as the example on this call. So Robin Toft is her name. And when she came to us, she had a multi-million dollar a year recruitment firm called the Toft Group. And so when we got talking, and I explained the model. She said, yes, I get it. I need to do that. And we flipped the model, put her on top. Toft Group was underneath. Next, we helped her and she wrote the book, We Can, which is actually an acronym 
for Women Executives Career Advancement Network. So now you've got the book, but then because we can is the acronym, now there's also a network. So director level and above women in San Francisco, San Diego, and cities growing across America can now go to a chapter meeting, a we can, you know, network chapter meeting to kind of support, uplift, and get everything they need for the career advancement momentum movement to help them get from director level into the C-suite. So you can almost imagine when you look at Robin's brick and mortar business, the book, the network, now she's building her speaking career and her platform, which is the common thread that runs across all of those things we've just talked about, her platform is career advancement for women. So you can see that she can continue to add more and more verticals as she evolves and as she grows and as her expertise expands. Well, a couple of weeks ago, she called me and said, I am calling you on the day my company's acquisition is complete. She sold her company for the big bucks. She got the exit every CEO ever wants to have. And she said that, you know, she said, you should probably be recording this because it's the greatest testimonial I can ever give to you because the valuation of my brick and mortar company went up exponentially because of the credibility I built by having written a book and doing the speaking because now the equity was with her. And so for you and I and everyone, building your brand isn't just a superficial vanity play like you're gonna be an Instagram influencer. It actually has a bottom line monetary benefit to doing so. I love that. Yeah. I would imagine people that are listening to this and they're, you know, either they're, they're an entrepreneur uh, and they're, they're building their business uh, or, you know, they're, they're an employee of a corporation and they're, they're, they've got their own goals and objectives. Like I want to start keynote speaking. I'd like to write a book. It'd be great if I can start to be looked at as, you know, doing consulting uh, down the road as the next career pivot. Um, and I'm sure they're probably all thinking, okay, I understand this. This makes sense. I definitely see the value, but gosh, where, where in the world do I start with something like this? I mean, do they start with a website? Do they start with like where their path, where they want to head? I mean, where would they ideally start that you would suggest? They start with, first of all, what lights them up? Because to just build an online business, if you're not, if you're a human interaction type of a person, becoming an internet marketer is going to be soul destroying. So you need to start where you're going to get the most traction because you're so lit up that people just can't help but not flock to you like moths to a flame. And by kind of, you know how people always say, follow your passion or do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Well, there's a reason that those phrases have stood the test of time because it is so, when you hear someone passionately talking about something that they're just so fired up about, you, it almost doesn't even matter what it is. You get like wrapped up in the energy of that. And so, you know, even this personal branding model, it doesn't have to just apply to your professional life. Like that's one of the things that I think is so exciting is when you think about little kids, for example, or even parents, anytime people self-identify with something higher than themselves, 
they're at risk of that crossroads blindsided moment where they have to reinvent. So for me, I was a competitive figure skater for 19 years and my entire identity was wrapped up in being a figure skater. And all of a sudden at the peak of my career, I came down out of a jump and I tore my hip flexor clear in half. And in that moment, my identity smashed like a glass ornament on the ground and I had no idea who I was as a person, let alone the fact that my single skating career was completely over. And so rebuilding that, you know, took years, but that's part of the work that I am doing on the planet now with personal branding is to say, okay, it's not about what you do, build your personal brand based on who you are. And then the what you do comes from that passion, but it's always going to evolve. So my skating career was first, but then translating that into business and then another business and then a nonprofit. As I've grown and as I've evolved, all of that's gone with me. But what I've built at the personal brand level is based on the soul plane. It's the essence of who you are. And then you just have to be sort of finger on the pulse enough to continue to allow your life to reflect who you are and who you're becoming. You know, we, from a family standpoint, I made a decision in 2008 when I moved from Vancouver, Canada to San Diego to start spending my winters somewhere warm. I decided right then and there that I would never ever build a business again that I couldn't scale and operate from anywhere on the planet as long as I had an internet connection. But I'm not an internet marketer. So I've built an agency style, one-to-one in-person style business. I've just done it using video conferencing and other tools that my team and I could be scattered around the globe and still serve our clients effectively. And so the reason I'm talking about that is we just literally out of nowhere, three months ago, made a decision to sell off our entire lives in San Diego. And I'm now calling in today to this podcast from South Africa. We have brought a suitcase and a half each. My husband brought his mountain bike and his golf clubs. (laughs) And travel light, fly fast is what we're doing. Because if you have the luxury of being able to work from anywhere, part of the joy and fun of that is using that luxury, right? So for people listening, like thinking, what lights you up? Does travel light you up? Then build a life and a brand that supports that. Or, you know, we stayed at this safari lodge two nights ago. And wouldn't you know, it's another Canadian woman in the middle of the African bush. We were (laughs) laughing hysterically. But so I said to her, what are you doing? And she said, well, we moved to the middle of nowhere. And I've always had a desire to learn how to, to um, create and make soap. She now has a huge business making soap that she runs essentially online with tutorials and products and from the middle of the African bush. Wow. And so I think the whole point of that is to look inwards right? Like you can look for market opportunity all day long, but you'll always be subject to the current of the market when you do that versus if you brand and look to yourself, then you'll draw your audience to you versus being at the mercy of what's happening in the market. Gotcha. 
So it sounds like the first step for anyone on this journey is to, you know, look inwards, right? Figure out what your passion is, where, where your ambitions are for your lifestyle, how you want to lead your life and things like that. And then, you know, once you've identified the passion that, you know, you want to have reflect with your personal brand, then what would be like the next step? Like, where do they go from there? Do they, do they jump into writing a book? Is that necessary? Or, or where would you suggest they go from there? It's not necessary that you write a book, although it's certainly helpful, because what it does is it puts your expertise into a form that can be leveraged to many more people. So when you're asking me, what's the next step? So there are five phases in the personal brand development process. So the first thing you do is define your personal brand. That's looking inside, figure out what it stands for, who you are, get that clarity, make sure that there's continuity and that there's authenticity. So once you've, you're done with the defining phase, then you're going to move to positioning. You're going to figure out where you sit in the market. Are you a luxury personal brand? Are you a humor-based personal brand? What is That's part of the defining, but you're now moving into what market you're going to, you know, where you're going to place yourself. As if you were almost like a book going into a bookstore, what genre would you be? What section would you reside inside that bookstore? Then you're going to move to packaging. What is the cover of the book of you look like? Or how can you take the persona that you've developed in the defining phase and wrap all the touch points of your life to reflect who you really are in your core. So that when people walk into your office, when people walk into your home, when they walk into any sacred space, even your vehicle, does it shout, this is who I am? Once you're done with the packaging, we move into the championing phase, which is looking around at the relationships that you're associated with and asking yourself, do they nurture me or are they toxic? And those ones that are toxic, you don't even have to have a conversation with the person. Just stop investing in it and just watch what happens. Because <laughs> the minute you stop investing, you often find that those things, just those relationships magically sort of disappear. And there actually isn't much contentious you know, energy that needs to be had. You can just go about surrounding yourself with the nurturing people. Because by association, it's not, people always say, it's not what you know. It's who you know, but more importantly, it's who knows you. So what connections, what combination of people fuel you, nourish you, but you are also on their radar because you're adding immense value to them and to their life. And then the last phase is launching it, figuring out how you're going to distribute your personal brand to the world. Is it going to be through a book? What channels are you going to use to monetize and market yourself? So it certainly doesn't have to be a book. It could be a YouTube video. If you're really great on camera and you feel comfortable, that would be one thing. If you love the idea of Q&A and learning about people, then a podcast might be the way. There's so many ways, but just figuring out your unique path is part of what's so great. And so for me, like for anyone who's like, oh yeah, okay, great. I've got the, the phases now, but how do I actually do it? Well, I actually wrote a book so that you could do that. So you can follow through and have a do-it-yourself version. So for anybody listening who wants to actually, you know, get the book on Amazon, it's called Get Noticed, Be Remembered, um, Creating a Personal Brand Strategy for Success. Please email Daniel, 
when you've heard this and we'll send you a companion workbook, no charge, we'll email it to you. We'd love to support you through the journey just so that you can actually execute on it. Because I know some of these concepts when you're hearing them for the first time, they seem a bit abstract, but once you can actually dig in and work through the content and actually have the questions asked to you in the defining phase to help you get clear on who you are, it just makes it that much easier. Yeah, I, lo I love how you laid out the the stages and the or the as you called the phases because that makes complete sense. And I know in our own agency, we've worked with a number of New York Times bestselling authors, and um, I know that there's a lot of people in the business world that have you know created books and put them on the Amazon, and maybe they've had mild success or not. But if we can revisit, because there's a couple things that you brought up, I'd love to talk about. Uh, but let's first start with, you know, you mentioned, you know, the, the, the book cover and you and I offline had had a really great conversation where you talked about there's a science behind that. It's not just find a random designer, put together something that you think looks good. There's a science behind books that sell and what's on the cover. Can you just briefly elaborate about that? Because I know you have a team that has that winning formula. Indeed. And, you know, it's, it was a really interesting journey building a boutique publishing house where, you know, you're looking to find those people who are going to design the covers for you that are going to create that level of impact. Because I want you to think about even just something as simple as font. The font and the typeface choice that you, you choose for it to reflect the personality of this book that you've got because oftentimes you can think of a book almost like as one of your children. It bears your DNA, but it has a life and a path of its own. So it has a persona, a personality, a, a whole series of things and a life path that you are not entirely in control of. And so when you're looking at something like font, you're looking at the the soul of the book and the content and what it stands for, you're going to go through those same five phases for a book as you would building a personal brand. And when you're defining what this book is all about and who is it going to serve in the positioning, then when you get to packaging, if you think back to, you know, that old movie, old school here, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Do you know that one? Yeah. So if you think of that font, for example, that's got the like dripping, almost like the blood, like dripping off the bottoms of the letters. Yeah, like the if letters you, are almost melting or, or bleeding down. Yeah. Right. So if you look at that, it doesn't even matter whether it's a book or a movie or it, you, you know, looking right at it, whether or not you run towards it and you resonate with it. Or you're like, yeah, not for me. And so personal branding is kind of the same way. And let's take the man at the helm of the great nation of the United States right now, because he's an interesting character from a personal brand standpoint. So let's rewind the clock to before he was president. And let's imagine back in the days when he was on, when he had that show, The Apprentice. If you lined up a hundred businessmen all in a row, every one of them wearing suits, including the Donald, and you looked at them from the neck down, he wouldn't actually stand out that much. But the minute that you put the camera higher up and now you include the suit, the tie, 
and the head and the hair. He stood out like a sore thumb visually. If you lined up 100 people, people would look at him and you would either, because great brands are polarizing. They always are. The, you know, the, the ones that cater to the middle ground are never really going to be that effective. Because even if you think of a tree, out on the skinny branches is where all the fruit is. So being cutting edge implies you've got to be on the edge. You've got to go to the furthest, and you almost want to magnify your idiosyncratic qualities. So things that make you unique, you're going to blow those up and make those part of the persona. So for me, we already know Canadian is one of my quirks and personas. And you'll hear it every now and again when the accent comes out. You'll have, you know, I'm the clumsiest chick you'll ever meet in your whole entire life. And if I'm speaking on a stage, watch out because I've had my heel get stuck in the stage. I've almost fallen down. I mean, <laughs> it, anything can happen. I am an outgoing introvert. And so all these little things, when I talk about those and when those become part of the personal brand, then they give you that inner circle feeling. So if we're going back to that idea, think of the power of what Donald Trump was able to do. I mean, politics aside, we don't even have to talk about that. If all we look at is the sheer magnitude of the fact that this man has never held political office in his life and he is the president of this country, can you believe it? I mean, right there, makes the case if there never was another case to be had for personal branding, I think he makes it for us. I love that example. I mean, in a, and like you said, politics aside, it's really, it's, it's finding who your tribe is, your ideal customers or your ideal demographic that's going to resonate with you and align with your core values and your, your mission, whatever that mission is for, for your life and your ambition and it, it, your example's spot on because the people that follow him and the people that are his followers, there's nothing he can do wrong. There's nothing he can say wrong. I mean, he's nailed that to the point that, like you said, I mean, he's, he's rose to the power and done a major pivot. He's done multiple pivots, but going from, you know, a savvy businessman that's a real estate developer to you know being a, a TV personality to then doing another pivot to in politics, it goes back to that brand and standing out. And arguably, he's transformed politics, whether you say that's good or bad, he's transformed politics and how everyone else has to play at that level of that personal brand. Yeah, and I think it, it embodies the American dream. Right. I think that's part of the what got him in the White House is because he represents that American spirit of I came to this country with this dream that I could build and do anything. Do you run a business generating at least a million dollars in annual revenue and struggle with marketing that fails to produce real results? If so, you're not alone. Many businesses that have broken into the seven-digit revenues realize how they used to do their marketing and strategy needs to evolve, and they need a partner in growth to accelerate their success. Built by Love is an award-winning marketing agency that works with clients as an extension of their in-house marketing department. You'll appreciate that they lead with strategy first, then do the hard work for you. 
They have a proprietary marketing formula along with a team of professionals to ensure that you have the right people in the right seats driving you towards your marketing goals. Schedule your free strategic consult today by calling 619-881-0096 and experience an agency that you'll love and results you'll love even more. we go back now to the book cover question, because I recognize I took you on the scenic route around the houses there. It's that same idea, though. What is it that's going to make you stand out? So, you know, when we get concepts from our design team, we print them off and we wrap it just like it's a book jacket around just a whatever book. And we take it out and we walk it in the bookstores and we actually put it on the shelves aside all of the leading bestsellers in that category. Is this book going to make you want to grab it off the shelf, flip it over, do a tiny scan, and are we going to win at the till? Or are you just going to skip past that and move along? Because again, you got to know your genre and your customer, because if we're talking about, you look at trends in publishing in 2019 and 2020, if you've got a cursed title, you're headed towards the bestseller list just on that alone. But that's a trend that's going to be very transient and gone in 2019 or 2020 before you know it. So you've got to always be keeping a pulse on what's happening, what's up and coming. And the formula is to create something that's timeless enough that it'll weather the storm personal enough that it reflects the content and what the book stands for and who it's all about and appealing to the target audience while still standing out in a sea of other books. So it is a bit of a moving target, but if you can be authentic and true to who you are, or in this case of a book, to what the content is about and who the audience, you know, just by having that authenticity, that goes a long way to helping the cause of helping you to stand out and be unique because just, you know, no two people are alike. So your greatest competitive advantage is trying, you know, we spend our, the whole first half of our lives trying to fit in and the last half trying to stand out. So if we never even tried to fit in, if all we did was focus on what makes us, or in this case, a book unique and reflect that on the outside with what's on the inside, we would all be winning at this game of life. I, I love that you mentioned that about, you know, having a timeless book um, and that really kind of resonates with having the right team that can guide you to that. You know, I'm not, I, I'm not sure if these are good examples, but immediately I was thinking like books that are like, you know, uh, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, you know, uh, Absolutely. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Tony Robbins, Personal Power. I mean, arguably those things are standing the test of time, continuing to drive business to those organizations and those authors because they're arguably classic, timeless, value-added books that are, are still relevant today as they were the date that they were published. Exactly. And there is an art to that. It's almost like when we were talking about the pattern recognition across all the verticals when we were talking about Robin Toft and coming up with her platform of career advancement for women. You do need to take, the, take a look at your content and be able to peel it back a few layers to get it to be high enough of a level where it will stand the test of time. So you're always doing that dance between creating something that's relatively evergreen, 
but will still, you know, give enough core detail to really provide meaningful present day value to the reader today, not just the reader in the case of Think and Grow Rich in the 1950s. And, you know, kind of speaking to, you know, going back to what you, you spoke about and having really the, the right team and anyone that's in business knows that the right people on the, on the bus going in the right direction, that's really, that's the recipe that's going to make or great you, make or break you. There's, there's millions of amazing ideas out there that fail and arguably it's it's having the right people that are going to be able to see the vision and then more importantly execute against that vision and so there's a lot of people out there that may may have like you know you know looked into this a little bit and considered that and you know there's a bunch of different publishing courses and all kinds of different you know resources out there where they said oh i can you know i can self-publish and put it on amazon but we both know that they're likely going to have mild success if that, and it's because possibly they don't have the right team. So can we, can you just talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's the important thing. I mean, you're giving a great framework. You're explaining like the, the science and the formula behind this, but it really comes down to having the team that's going to execute for you, for you, for that person to actually see this come to fruition. So I think it's the age-old question of what business do you want to be in? Do you want to be in the business of learning everything there is to know about publishing and self-publishing? Or do you want to be an expert in what you are an expert in? And one of the things that we've learned, because Merrick Publishing, that particular entity, was born from a desire that I had as an author that I couldn't find in the world. And I think every one of my companies, truthfully, was born from that same place. And so when I first wrote Get Notice, Be Remembered, it actually was 15 years ago. And it was before social media had been invented. MySpace was on the platform, but it, it wasn't really a thing yet and nothing else. So when I was talking about personal branding, no one even knew what I was talking about. No one wanted to talk about it. And so we sold the first 2,000 copies and then pulled it from distribution. But in that moment, when I was trying to decide, should I self-publish or should I try and get picked up by a big house? One of the things that happened for me that I realized is I wanted to retain the rights and royalties of a self-published author, but I wanted the support and the representation from someone that was a third party who was credible, who I wouldn't be just logging my my own book as a self-published author. And so it didn't exist. So I created something in the middle, which now there's an entire industry of hybrid publishing, or in our case, boutique publishing. And so the reason these days, why that's such a compelling thing for so many authors is because the game of publishing has changed so dramatically. If we just take Amazon and nothing else as the case study, so we've got two books that are launching this particular week right now in January 2020. And we've got in this particular um, setup, it is so gamified. So categories and where you put a book and what that does to your sales and your bestseller status and all of those things is 100% based on algorithms and data. And so if you're coming into this game as an author, 
and you want to self-publish, you're absolutely free to do that. But the challenge is going to come when you get into the launch phase. Because if you don't understand the mechanics of how categories and algorithms and all of those things work, you're going to be wearing boxing gloves to a gunfight because you just don't stand a chance. So when you go in and you look at a book like, you know, you use the example of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So if you watch and you go into the Amazon rating and you scroll way down into the product description for that book, you're going to notice that every week, every couple of days, every couple of weeks, you're going to watch those categories change because it has been on the quote unquote bestseller list for years at a time. But how they've been able to do that is they continue to manipulate the categories. So the one day when we're doing a Zoom screen sharing uh, session with a client to talk about categories for her book, we pulled them up as an example. And that particular week to get the number one for, you know, five or 15, 20 years straight, guess what category that book was in that day? It was number one in parenting. Wow. Now, any of us that have read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, know that it has nothing to do with parenting. It's a finance <laughs> and a business book. But that's what you need to do. You've got to be able to find categories and manipulate the game to get the result. And so, you know, having a great team who's a specialist in this area, without that in this day and age, unfortunately, you'll get your book up on Amazon, but very few people are ever going to see it. Yeah, it's, you know, it's funny. Um, over the years, we've worked with some New York Times bestselling authors, and um, the continued thing I've heard from all of them, and I won't mention names out of confidentiality, but they've, they've said after publishing a book, they've said, you know, we really walked into this thinking that the publisher was going to give us a lot more of marketing resources, a lot more, uh, invest a lot more in this book. And they've really pushed it all down to us. And so they find themselves trying to do almost nearly everything themselves. They're getting a fraction of the profit from it. They're usually not very happy at the end of it. And, you know, most of them, unless they're locked in a multi-book deal, they're looking at that as, gosh, you know, I should have done this a different way. You know, a unique circumstances, if you're Michelle Obama, you're going to walk into a major book deal because you already have the audience. They know it's going to be a winner, right? But if you're just, you know, a standard person that maybe has a, a somewhat strong following or whatever, it's, it's almost like you have to go the route where they reach out to you to have this conversation because it's nearly impossible, like you said, to have any kind of success without having a strong team that can guide you to get the results that you're going to desire out of the investment and time you're going to put into this. Well, truthfully, Daniel, I think some of it is in the expectation of what people expect and hope a book is going to do for them. And that is exactly the reason why we may be disguised as a boutique publishing house, but we are a personal brand agency first and foremost. Because the truth of the matter is, if you write a book without a personal brand, it's already going to be an uphill climb. Because there are so many books that are being published every single day around the world now that this, you know, that Amazon and KDP, which is their sort of 
back end uh, engine where you can upload and publish your own books. Once the the industry was blown open with players like this, and traditional publishing was ripe for disruption. That's why it got shook so badly when Amazon and these players came into the self-publishing game because, I mean, yeah, any of those sort of stoic, traditional, long-standing industries that just anything different and they're not sort of modernizing and and being you know agile to flow with the times like when you think of michelle obama part of why she is such a great candidate for a big school book deal is because she had a huge following and an audience before she ever wrote the book the book was secondary whereas so many authors do it the reverse they write a book they don't have an audience and then they wonder why you know the build it and they will come why it's not coming because you've got to have the audience. So if you build a personal brand and write a book, you're actually going to monetize at a much higher level the book if you also are a speaker. Because then you can get fee-based speaking engagements to help offset the cost of the book. And then when you're at the game, you know, share great content, which leads people to then want to consume the book. Do you see? So it's kind of a chicken and an egg. And most people are sort of putting the cart before the horse. Yeah. And it's making sure that the book will also drive back to that personal brand. Because if someone picks up the book, they find a lot of value. If the book's not giving whatever that next step is, check out the website. There's more information here. There's a downloadable chart or, or whatever then again, like you said, they're putting the, the, the chicken before the egg or, or whatever. Speaking to that, giving people direction, for these people that are listening and, and they're intrigued and they want to learn more, how, how would they learn more? How do they have a conversation with your team or how do they find you? So all roads lead, of course, to my personal brand or I wouldn't be practicing what I'm preaching. So my own personal website at kristaclivesmith.com with no dash in the name in the web address is kind of the landing site that from there you, you can jump off when you go to the entrepreneur page and you can see the family of companies and all the individual brands from there you can click to the Merrick Publishing website you can click to the Clutch Personal Branding website you can click to Little Authors Academy you can click to the nonprofit Unknown Voices but they'll just all open in new windows. So you can X that out and still be on the main site, which again is what you really want to do for whenever possible. Think of a magazine article where at the very bottom of that, where a LinkedIn article or anything, there's always what they call the byline, which says Daniel Buss's founder and CEO of Built by Love, da 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 da, maybe one or two sentences. They always promote you as the author and the company you represent. So you always want to have just those options for people as a gateway to find you. And your own personal brand is the number one easiest low-hanging fruit way to do that. Because if they see me on the stage speaking, and I might have been talking about the kids' publishing program and they were interested in that, chances are pretty good they're going to Google me first and go there. So you want to use that as your jumping off point. I love it. Um, I know we're wrapping to the top of the hour and your time's valuable. Um, do you have any parting words or advice for anyone that's interested in, in this? And of, of course, I strongly encourage all of you to, 
you know, go visit Krista's uh, site, her personal branding, and, and uh, you know, schedule something with her and her team. But any parting words for anyone if they're, they're looking to get involved in doing something and going down this path? Yeah, I would say just really get in tune with what feels right, like the right vehicle to monetize your personal brand and not in like a salesy way. You know, if you think of even um, the Kardashians, right? Like generally speaking, the Kardashians as a family are a vanity you know, group of personal brands. However, when you look at, you know, seeing um, the cosmetic line and the powerhouse, we now have the youngest female billionaire who is a business Kardashian. It's not a vanity play. That all of a sudden takes, you know, to a whole new meaning because it's kind of what we were talking about before where just getting clear on who you are what you're really passionate about, what you can be best in the world at, and how you're going to monetize it. That's Jim Collins, going back to him, that's the hedgehog concept from the book Good to Great. Spend some time with that model and really figure out what that is for you. Because in the center of that, that sweet spot is where all the magic is with your personal brand and your legacy. Even as a parent or, you know, as a citizen of the world, if you're clear and you're fired up and excited and you know you have a great expertise in something people can't help themselves they will come to you so yeah don't be afraid to just dive in and be brave and do some things that are really unconventional but that feel right to you because that's the stuff that's going to get you noticed and keep you being remembered i love it Christo, just uh, real quick, one more time, where can people go to find you online? If you can give your website one more time, just in case someone is listening to this in the car or whatever, um, what's that URL they can go to? Yeah, it's KristaClivesmith.com. And you can always just go ClutchBranding.com. That's an easy one to remember because, again, all roads lead back. So you'll never have any trouble uh, finding through any one of those. And my email address, I'm happy to give it to your listeners because I feel like your tribe will definitely be my tribe. So the email address is just Krista at KristaClivesmith.com. And uh, we would love, love, love to continue the conversation with any of you so that so choose. Thank you. And for anyone listening, uh, Krista, that's K-R-I-S-T-A. Clive is C-L-I-V-E, and Smith is obviously S-M-I-T-H. So that way, in case anyone's wondering about, you know, spelling for Krista or anything like that. Um, this has been really insightful. I always appreciate uh, our conversations. I know your time is valuable, especially coming all the way over uh, through Zoom on uh, being in South Africa, the time differences and everything as we're recording this in San Diego. So I appreciate you taking time out of your, your evening to meet with us and, and basically extol your, your, your knowledge to the listeners. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Krista. Thank you so much. And thank you for being a living example and model of what I teach because you know, with your podcast and the agency and all the things you're up to, 
it just really is wonderful to talk to someone who really gets it on a cellular cellular level and can help other people do the same just by you know us watching you uh, in the same way they can watch me or you know really study what they see between the two of us and the other personal brands that are out there running it as a business model. So my hat's off to you because you're really creating something so powerful and amazing and valuable and i'm excited to watch you fly and see all the cool places it takes you thank you well i'm i'm excited for us to uh to work together because that's definitely the path that i want to go down so um you know i always believe in eating your own dog food i i know you do that you're a proven model of that so it'll be great for us to work together in the future um thank you for your time i really appreciate it we're going to make sure we get your information in the show notes too. So those people that are uh, listening on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, or anywhere else that they'll have the opportunity to um, find your website and your information. So thank you, Krista. I appreciate the time. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Biz Power Hour. If you find value in the content we produce, please leave a kind review inside iTunes or go to the Google Play Store. You can also sign up to receive notifications when new episodes air by visiting www.bizpowerhour.com. The Biz Power Hour is produced by Built by Love and hosted by Daniel Bushes. You can learn more about Built by Love, an award-winning marketing agency at builtbylove.agency. And about the show host, Daniel Bushes at danielbushes.com. Details regarding our show guests can be found within the show notes. Until the next episode, we wish you business success.